one and we are recording back in the saddle mr jeffrey prather it's been a minute it's been a minute since our first episode came on with shefalu um then you came on with oh what's his face um oh how rude of me morales Morales. oh god if ed's watching he's gonna be morales it's morales um mr prather please introduce yourself for everybody listen you've been on here three times before we've we haven't done one in a while and uh, you popped in my head last week, and I was like, I, I need to do an episode with Mr. Prather. And uh, please introduce yourself for all the new listeners. Uh, Jeffrey, do the intro. Do the intro. Uh, oh, you, you want my... I want the, I want the good one. Former DIA intelligence collector and XDA special agent, targeted by the deep state, turned whistleblower. Now your intelligence officer. Repurposed as chaplain, leader, teacher, and truth teller. New mission, restore our fallen republic. Uh, objective, defeat the deep state. Means, expose fake news. Tools, truth, discernment, and free will. Attention, deep state Dems, rhinos, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and assorted traitors and enemies, foreign and domestic. Your masks won't silence us. Your shutdowns won't stop us. Your riots don't scare us. You're not as organized as the British. You're not as disciplined as the Nazis. You're not as fierce as the Imperial Japanese. And you're not as brutal as ISIS. We beat them all. You're next. Welcome. I'm Jeff Prather. And this is the Prather Point. There it is. That's all. Podcast is over. Thanks very much. That's all we needed. <laughs> that's the that's the that's the juice I needed. Um, but so kind of the biggest thing, and I've you know, I've interviewed tons of candidates now. And really the big thing yesterday I had on Joe Kent again with uh, Dr. Malone. I'm sure you know Joe Kent, former Green Beret, running out of Washington sure. State. He's a yeah. wonderful man. Um, really the only guy kind of openly out there calling out the World Economic Forum, the infiltration into uh, all international governments, most concerning our own. But that being said, be it interviewing Mike Durant or Anthony Sabatini or whoever, really the big thing comes down to election integrity because nothing not a single one of these interviews matters if the votes don't matter if truly none of it matters where are we for all future listeners today is friday june 10th 2022 where are we on the spectrum of having actual upstand and i understand there's always fraud there always will be always has been that's the nature of man where are we now in terms of is there any hope for a a a peaceful election here in 2022 and then 2024? Well, there is always hope and I am always hopeful and I'm always faith filled and we will win this. But as far as they're going to be fair elections, they have no intention of having fair elections. There's no revenge tour going to be allowed. It's probably going to be uh, the release of the uh, monkeypox, smallpox, which is really only related to training homosexuals. Uh, which they do all the time in their orgies. But the problem with um, a lot of veterans, and you know, I'm a GWAT veteran, but I'm certainly not a GWAT veteran like some of the Green Berets, is they think that the war they fought is the only war. And so they view war in the lens of the last war, which is GWAT, Government War on Terror. And that's over. I call that Global War Three. We're now in World War Four. And, you know, like with my friend uh, Jeremy Brown, you know, I, I had him on first uh, and he had had the FBI come to recruit him prior to January 6th. And he recognized it because SF runs um, runs informants and they know how to do that. Uh, and of course, Epps was a former Marine here in uh, Arizona. 
But then he went to cap with capital, you know, dressed in cami, Biden and kit. Well, you're going to do urban operations. You shouldn't be. You should be covert and gray man and all that kind of stuff. So his mindset wasn't uh, there. So the mindset of a lot of veterans, including a lot of Green Berets, unfortunately, who are experts in unconventional war, uh, don't understand uh, fourth versus fifth generation war. And so um, 20 years ago, during the first Gulf War, the Chinese watched us win the first Gulf War very quickly because we knew the fake news would turn against us because Walter Cronkite during the Tet Offensive said it was a terrible defeat and it was a total victory for us. We won every battle in Vietnam and lost the war. So we know we got to win fast. And so we won so fast that the Chinese watching us, two uh, Chinese Air Force colonels said, uh, we're not going to make the same mistake the Japanese and the Nazis did. Uh, we are going to flank them through unrestricted warfare. We're going to do everything else but fight them straight on because nobody can take the American warrior straight on. Nobody. And I agree with that. There's, the world's never seen the like of us because of our exceptional love of life and freedom. So they developed an unrestricted warfare doctrine to flank us. And they did that through an espionage and sabotage. And so I am a former DEA special agent. I've run lots of informants. That's how I became a whistleblower. I was a military intelligence officer in special operations. Later on, I went into special operations intelligence, defense intelligence. I've run lots of sources. So what you do for espionage is you want to penetrate the enemy at the highest level possible. And you do that by assessing them. What are their weaknesses? For example, with... Uh, the, the Biden family, it's real obvious, their they're, uh, they're, um, obscene pedophilia, you know, they're, they're just easily uh, manipulated if you give them a kid or a prostitute or anything, uh, and then you drug them, and then you film them, and then you pay them, so you bribe them, you addict them, uh, uh, then you extort them, and then you control them. And there's nothing new about this. This is what case officers from the CIA taught at the farm. And uh, you know, I've taught a DIA, tactical agent handlers, the terminology differs a little bit, or special agents who run confidential informants. Now they call them confidential human sources, but it's always the same thing. And so what the Chinese have done have infiltrated us uh, over 20 years at all levels. Uh, our attorney generals, uh, our uh, president, uh, most state attorney generals, the FBI, the CIA, all of that, through espionage, uh, they have infiltrated us, interdicted us, and then they have sabotaged us. And so they coordinated all that. And if, you're, if you haven't done covert operations, it's difficult to understand, even for Green Berets, who are experts in kinetic unconventional warfare, but they're not so used to unconventional um, covert Warfare. So clandestine warfare is we're just hiding. Covert warfare is we want somebody else to think it was the source mm -hmm. of what was going on. And so that's kind of where we're at. And they have no intention uh, of allowing any fair elections. They are now their their plans are not going according to plan because as Pete Blaber, uh, former Delta Force Squadron commander who wrote the Mission to Men and Me, said. Uh, no plans go according to plan. Plan is invaluable. Plans are useless. Develop the situation. And they're locked into plans and they are failing. Uh, but that doesn't mean they aren't going to continue to destroy uh, elections because they want to control what's going on. 
So that's so that's where we're at. So is there a chance of fair elections? Not a chance. Peaceful, corrupt elections? Sure. Uh, will there be peace? No. It's going to be a violent, bloody, fiery summer. Uh, Blantifa, what I call Antifa and Black Lives Matter, I just com- combine it from Clay Martin, former Green Beret. I've had, it. I've had on here several times. Oh, really? Gosh, yeah. I'd love to get him. Um, you have to, uh, I'll put you in um, touch with them. Yeah, please. Uh, yeah. It's going to be, uh, it already is, and it's going to be even bloodier uh, than it is because, and this is the good news, their fifth-gen information influence operations are failing daily. Their false flags are failing. It doesn't mean a lot of people aren't getting killed. They are. Those kids in Uvalde were massacred and murdered. But when the American people finally figure out that Uvalde was planned, when they show, I showed on my podcast, the two guys standing as the shooter, the clip you see on all the propaganda press fake news of the guy of the shooter entry but they cut the part right before that where there's two guys standing there and they find out that an army surveillance plane uh what just flew in right before and left afterwards when they find out that he was groomed through ssris when they realize that a gamer alerted the fbi 30 minutes before uh which gaming platforms are used for covert communications all the time when they figure out that those children were killed uh, to bring about the premise that good guys with guns, a whole bunch of cops with rifles standing around outside, can't stop a bad guy with guns. That's the whole script. That's yeah. the latest yeah. version of Fast and Furious. When they figure that out, they will hang them from lampposts. That's just the- like we did the Nazis. That's the first thing I thought. Well, actually, I'm going to make a note of that right now, Clay Martin. Uh, yeah, he came on. He came on last or earlier this year, and then he came on like like a week ago. It guy's hilarious. Oh, he's great, and he's hilarious. He's, he's absolutely oh, he's absolutely hilarious. We were talking about a robot's going to replace people, and he was like, "You can't sacrifice a robot to Moloch. It doesn't have the same kick." But the one thing I thought was like, I always try to just look at. I try to remove all of my own prejudices and biases, which I obviously have. We all do. And I just look at like what is happening on the chessboard. Like, what is the effect of this? And the first thing I thought was like, well, this is this is a loss of faith in police officers, right? Let's just remove everything. You go, cops didn't enter, public sentiment against them. Well, you think about it and you go, well, that doesn't really make sense in terms of the whole gun grabbing thing. You go, right? Because the whole idea is you you, the pleb, don't need one. You call the men with the guns. The only thing I could possibly think of was it is to continue the assault on police officers and defunding the police that brings about chaos. And then you beg for the federal government to come in with a federal police force. Do you think there's any credence to that thought? And that's something I put next to no thought into. But that's really the only thing I could come to terms with. That is true. But that's already happened with the safe cities with Holder when I was going against Holder. And no, no. The, the new narrative is that, look, there were a whole bunch of good guys with long guns, cops with long guns standing around. They, a good guy, a bunch of law enforcement with long guns can't stop a bet. That's what this was about. Okay. And, and McConaughey, uh, he may be an unwitting, I don't know. Um, but uh, McConaughey was picked because he made We Are Marshall. We Are Marshall was about uh, a team of kids that were killed in a football team of kids that were killed in a plane crash. I'm like, hey, he's already done this uh, this acting job. He can do it again. Yeah. So we're going to push aside 
the one few black staffer that hasn't quit yet because of the other one, because of the racist Nazi uh, fascist tranny pedos in the White House uh, and push it, her aside for the day because she she's you know incomprehensible and knows totally. nothing. Her hair's great. Sure. She uh, has great. She does have great hair. Uh, yeah. Well, that's you know for black folk that's a big deal. Yeah, well, it, it is beautiful. Lots of hair issues, but she has beautiful um, hair and beautiful skin. Not to sound like she's she a creep. Yeah, she <laughs> but, but that's why McConaughey was brought in there. And so he talks about Converse and his wife or whatever is wearing mm. the same shoes. But they don't talk about the plane. They don't talk about where they get the guns. They don't talk about uh, the uh, F two fifty. They don't talk about the two guys standing there. Uh, they don't talk. They certainly don't interview um, Angelique Gomez, who the mom who went in after she was cuffed. They, and they also do, and here's where their plan went wrong. So this is important for people to understand because the, the script is being put out that elite immediately your elite Bortac agent uh, assaults with federal agents. Well, I was a DA special agent. I do, I went through Operation Snowcap. I deployed with Bortac. Uh, Bortac is typically trained by uh, 7th Special Forces Group Operation Detachment A team. And they're real good. I've, I've deployed with him, um, but he wasn't on duty. So his wife, the mom of the kids, worked in the school. So it was a mom in the school that called her husband, the dad, who happened to be an LAR, who was off duty. He says, thank God I was off duty, because um, that, that's where the plan went bad, is he wasn't out in the sticks someplace uh, chasing illegals to then let uh, ICE and DHS resubmit them through and, and and pimp kids from all over. And so he got out of the barber chair, grabbed the shotgun, went in. But here's the key point that people don't miss. He was an LEO. He knew all the LEOs there, except for the marshals. And again, why were the marshals all of a sudden there? It's not that many marshals. And they're the last, they were the first federal federal agents and they're the last to be corrupted. What were they doing there? Well, they're, they're part of the plan or they're CIA with FBI F marshal credentials. That's covert ops. But he was able to move freely through the filter because he was an LEO and go in. Otherwise, he would have been told to stand down like the funeral director was or he would have been told to uh, or he'd been cuffed up or whatever like anybody else. But he had the credentials. He knew the guys. So they let him in. And then he acted because he had an interest because his kids were in there. And that's the difference. So that's what I'm telling everybody is get your kids out of public school. All they're going to do is trannium and pedo them. Uh, uh, rotate moms. If the mom's got to work, then rotate moms in homeschool. And that's what I've done with my kids. My kids are out of the uh, desert Christian school that's gone woke and BLM. If you can't pull them out, then rotate dads on duty. Forget about SROs, although the Alabama SRO, good cop, well done. Pat on the back, buy you a drink. Um, you know, I I wish I could shoot the guy in the eye too. It's on my bucket list. Uh, <laughs> but well done. Uh, but for the most part, don't trust them and abandon their institutions. Establish our own alternative institution because that's how we wage unconventional uh, fourth generation insurgency. Because we are in an unconventional fourth generation insurgency in our own country against our own government. Um, who is controlled by China and big everything, big tech, big big pharma and everything else. And I'm not advocating illegal, immoral, unethical, or violent, although I'd love to shoot that guy in the eye. Um, and the left does all the time. Uh, 
but that's where we're at and that's how we're going to do it. So we just don't pay attention to their, their schools and their hospitals and, and all of that stuff. And, and they just, it's, it's like where the FBI just arrests the FBI on, uh, well, the DC cops arrest the FBI agents on the 2nd, January 6th. That's how it's got to be. It's just, just let them consume each other. Yeah, let the let the undercovers go after the undercover. And yes, unfortunately, as I often have to do, pro- more often than not, each week, neither Mister Prather or myself are calling for violence. So go fuck yourself, FBI agents. Um, yeah, and I say that all the time. Listen, you I have know, to. You have to. I know yeah. you Evans are listening. I know a whole bunch of guys because sometimes there's a couple of good ones. But if you don't like what I'm saying, then do something about it. Yeah. But uh, we are having a civil conversation and am not calling for any violence. Um, could you maybe um, go back to uh, what was I going to say? Another one I want to make a note of is I interviewed. Sorry, I had a guy on uh, earlier this week, uh, Basil, Basil, Baz, Basil, ba- 65, I think. Uh, former CIA paramilitary was in uh, was in Mogadishu before before uh, 160th and Delta. Um, but he's now running um, a 5013C to to rescue uh, rescue children being trafficked. I think that would be a really cool guy for you to chat with. But that's another thing for another time. Could you go into and I, I have to be careful around this, just very simply looking at what others have done. I don't I can't just, you know, go down like an, an Alex Jones rabbit hole and, and attack this and say it's not real. And I'm not saying that you're saying that. Um, that being said, could you go in? Because I did see a post about it. Could you go in and talk about the the Army Special Forces plane or Special Operations plane? What is the significance of that? Is that me, a layman who's never served? Is that me seeing patterns where they don't necessarily exist? No, no, that's a pattern. That's a, okay. a, a very identifiable okay. footprint signature of Special Operations Intelligence. When I saw that, I was very dismayed. Uh, just like when I saw the DPS plane that was probably rented by the FBI who were actually credentialed, yes. FBI credentialed CIA guys, because that's how it works behind the scenes. If you want to see a great movie on that, um, you know, Val Kilmer was supposed to do my my book, Chase, when it was a movie script and watch the movie Spartan. And you'll see him just change credentials and change. Identity. Like on January 6th, you see all the Capitol Police. Those aren't Capitol Police. That's why everybody's masked up. They're probably FBI agents, but behind that, they're probably CIA. CIA used to carry, like to carry our credentials, DEA credentials, because we operated as snowcap. We had we were allowed to carry guns in a lot of countries. We had gun cars to carry guns in different countries. And typically, if you're a NOC, a non-official cover um, uh, case officer, you don't get to carry a gun. So they would like to do that. The Haiti thing with CIA guys masquerading as those mercenaries. Uh, yeah. So the old clowns, uh, the, I know some of those old ones, uh, they're, they're okay. Uh, they're patriotic. Uh, at least some of them are, they're not particularly competent. Um, this people don't understand this, but the CIA special activities, branch sad, and I've worked with SAD, they're, they are not Jason Bourne. They're all ex-military. They come from yeah. ex-military and they're brought in. And so in, when it was good, they had uh, ex-special forces or Delta guys. I mean, the most famous one is, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Uh, Dale the Comstock. famous special force. No, not Dale. Uh, he's um, Joe Ted-Eye. You know, 
Uh, he's from, uh, he was almost killed in Vietnam. He had to retire medically. He, he was the guy who could have killed Bin Laden. He was jogging by the house. Oh, uh, uh, Billy Waugh. Billy Waugh. Billy Waugh. Yeah, yeah. so Billy Waugh's jogging by uh, Bin Laden's house every night. And then, yeah, you know, he's got the prosthetics on the face and shit. And then he says, okay, I can go kill him. And then just find him. And Clinton never gives him the work. And those guys, those guys are good. Dale Comstock, those guys are great. Yeah. No, no doubt about sure. it. Um, but later on, uh, the younger generation, you know, gets corrupted. Uh, and I wouldn't trust a new clown just like I wouldn't trust a new Phoebe uh, uh, at all. Yeah. Uh, it is. So, I think I may have forgot your question now. No, 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 no. I was going to say, no, it is disillusioning. I mean, I've interviewed Ray McGovern, and he talks about how just how terrible the CIA is now. Uh, Basil Baz said that the other day. He was former Special Activities Division. They all say the same. Ed Morales, I think, said it when you were on here. He was like, the FBI. Oh, yeah. like, he's like, I don't know what the FBI is now. It's and well, so so when I was going through uh, SOT school, Special Operations Tactics course, which doesn't even exist anymore now, it's a far up and so far encephalic. But being trained by Delta guys, the blue light course, and surgical shoots where you shoot so much you sit in a room and they shoot over your shoulder, hostage rescue. <laughs> then I hung out with some of those guys, and they were doing child rescue because they were naive American women marrying Muslim men, going back to Muslim countries. And all of a sudden, they can't drive, they can't do anything. And so they'd go over there. And I, so I saw, so that's how that kind of got started. Uh, and I'm sure Dale can probably talk about that more or he has, but they did it, how they did it. And actually I've done it um, uh, in Mexico um, uh, is they'll go with the mom into the country, no guns. They stop the bus, the school bus. Uh, they get on the school bus. They take the keys, throw the keys into the desert, throw money at the driver they, the kid runs to the mom, not to the strangers, and then they just fly out. And so that was the, and that was happening back in the 80s. Um, and so now you see a lot of um, former clowns or sad or ex-Delta guys. The ex-Delta guys are the best, the CAD guys or the AFO guys, Combat Applications Group, uh, Advanced for, uh, Force Operations Group. Those are the best at that for sure. But that's how it's done. And that's now there's a whole generation of retired covert operators that some of them are good guys. You know, there's a uh, two lamb, there's a uh, um, Kyle lamb. There's, you know, there's all kinds of them out there who are doing good stuff. And then there's ones out there doing bad stuff. Yeah, it really is. It. I'm going to send you the episode I did with, with, I can never, I don't know what B A Z Z E L B A Z. Um, and that's one of the things he did was when they were in Somalia or in Mogadishu, they saw these kids that were just sticking out like a sore thumb. And they were like, these, they're clearly not from here, but they didn't know what to do. And I'll send you the episodes. And sorry, I don't rehash. Oh, it. Thanks. Yeah. No, but, they're uh, running them through out of Ukraine right yeah. now. Oh yeah. Poland, it's, uh, as well. And that's, that's what he does now in Colorado is he has the, he has a 5013C to specifically fight that. That And I was, he was talking about like running for something. He's like, the only problem is, is if I stop running, then I can't do this anymore, which is a real dilemma. They were the first ones to, uh, I guess, actually get video of like those uh, military craft uh, bringing uh, people in the middle of the night and dropping them off in like Tennessee and Kentucky or wherever. Um, yeah, all those kids are being pimped. The best thing that happens to those kids is they're working, you know, 14 hour days in fields and factories. Labors, the worst yeah. thing is unthinkable and it's happening. And it's, because the Obama Biden uh, regime, there are a bunch of, uh, evil pedophilia. There's plenty of video and photos of Obama and Biden, you know, groping kids. 
Trump's no saint, but I don't, I've never seen anything of him groping kids. And if he is, I'll, I'll, I'll drop everything for him in a second. That's the, that's the, you can't, you can't come back from that. That is pure evil. Um, to kind of, to kind of shift this, is there, do you think, and this is kind of like meta meta theme and it's almost, you know, some people might almost roll their eyes at it because he can't prove it or disprove it. Do you think that all of this evil is by accident? And I don't mean in the whole fifth generation, sixth generation war. I don't mean that. I mean, in like truly the sense of good and evil of, of, of angels and demons of, of God and Satan and, really just the, the the consciousness of man do you think that all of this is by accident or do you think we're here do you think we're here on on purpose in this time to be here to fight to do the right thing when because everybody can everyone can go to the gym when you wake up and you feel great you have a cup of coffee everything's smooth or oh, i'm gonna go out there go work out hot girl at the gym you want to impress her the days are when you're on your seventh or eighth straight day. You're a little hungover. You feel a little fat. You stub your toe on the way out. It's raining. But those are the days that you really callous the mind and you become driven and you focus and you do what needs to be done. Anyone can, it can be easy in a utopia where everything's safe and everything's wonderful. And it's the land of milk and honey and opportunity. Do you think that we're here in this life? Not that you know the answer. I don't know that anybody knows the answer. Are we here in this overwhelming sense of just, I mean, truly just pedophiles and Marxists demolishing this nation? Do you think we're here to grow on a spiritual level or is this just some escapism that I'm doing to shirk the responsibility of knowing that the society I've, I've raised in is now falling apart around me? Not that you have the answer, but. Well, actually, I do have the answer. Okay. I'm, really, I'm really glad for you to ask those questions. Uh, so, you know, I am a product of rape. I, I'm a bastard. My, my uh, mom, my birth mom was raped by uh, a guy. And then I was uh, in an orphanage and I was adopted by a great family. Uh, I was raised as a Catholic. Um, then uh, I became a chaplain. I also had a near-death experience because I trained with an Apache medicine man. That's my book, Boys Are Born, Men Are Trained, my journey with Apache medicine man. Uh, and I run Christ Chaplaincy. So I've had near-death experiences. I've had experience with, um, you can say, angels or aliens or demons. Uh, I would say, you know, you say potato, I say potato, trans-dimensional sure. beings. Sure. Because crossing space is too vast. You have to... You have, it's, um, it's interdimensional, yeah. Right. And so if you look at uh, the tra transfiguration, uh, you know, right before that, Yeshua, Aramaic name of Jesus, says, some people here won't die until they see the kingdom of heaven. He goes up on the mountain. All of a sudden there's glory. There's three other figures. Um, either he was wrong, uh, they died and didn't see heaven, or he opened up and showed them the multiverse uh, gates, the, and where is heaven? It's beyond the walls of time and space, uh, where God is, because the walls of time and space are expanding outward, the universe is finite, um, and beyond that is God, is heaven. And so, you know, I had a near-death experience, I'm very spiritual, and the one thing, I don't know if you've experienced this with uh, when you've interviewed uh, Delta guys or anything, but I found them to be very spiritual and very religious guys. Across the board, you. across the board. And uh, so I, a while back, I brought in a guy. So a lot of my guys from Warrior School, which was my tactical training company, uh, they ended up, some of them went to Delta, some went to MARSOC. One of them, uh, one of them became a JTAC, just got uh, medals uh, for heroism. 
Uh, and uh, one of them is going to the tier one special operations unit that I used to be in. And um, he came in and was talking uh, about the selection. Uh, and it, the, the whole thing was about, I couldn't expect any of it. It was, and this guy's a super fit world-class athlete because you're tier one, you gotta be, yeah. that's, that's, that's the starting point. <laughs> That's just the, you know, then you got to lay on the skill sets. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the whole thing was about um, God and his family because he couldn't figure out the selection. He never knew. And he's Ranger. He's got lots of, you know, he's got lots of T-shirts like me. But uh, it all came down. You had to go beyond yourself. You couldn't make it, you know, on your own. So you have to, when I say human uh, oriented, oriented God, then, you, then human train orientation. Who's to your front is who you emulate. Who's behind you is who's emulating you. Who's on your right is who you look up to. Who's on your left is, is looking up to you and who you're looking out for. Uh, and so that's neighboring up. That's what Special Forces Green Berets did in Afghanistan, building rapport, nice beard. Uh, and so that's how all of that is done. So if you look at, um, is it an accident? No, not at all. If you look at a, a shell, you can see the golden ratio. If you look at my ear, you can see the golden ratio. If you look up at the Milky Way, you can see it. So that's Consistent creator design. It's pretty obvious. Uh, if you read the physics of Christianity by Francis Tipler, so quantum physics follows the Trinity pretty clear. Um, so then you find an order and you follow the creator, the creator's order of things. Childhood, youth, adulthood, old age, um, spring, summer, fall, winter, you follow that order uh, and you develop yourself um, in that order. And so, you know, when I had my near-death experience, I, I experienced a message, didn't hear it, didn't see it. I heard it, saw it, it was all synergistic. It was beyond that. So when I read, you know, uh, Yeshua coming out of the water and there's a voice, I'm like, oh yeah, I heard the voice. And when I read um, The Rise of Superman, where extreme athletes talk about they've been close to death and they've heard the voice, I'm like, oh yeah, there it is. Yeah. So it's in the old documents, it's in new documents, I've experienced it. Uh, got it. So I'm going to apply that and I'm going to, so when I signed a lot of my stuff is Isaiah 6, 8 is, and that's the motto of the old um, tier one spec ops I was in is, you know, reverse in the wilderness, whom shall I send, send me. Mm -hmm. And so it's not about you. It's always about what God wants you to do. What is God going to require you to do? And then if you listen to that, then, okay, am I up to that? Can I do that? Can I shoot that well? Can I last that long? And that's where you have to train so that when God calls upon you, you're ready to do it. Um, and, you know, we just had, you know, D-Day, Day of Days, Longest Day plus 78. Uh, and you look at, you know, Billy Mitchell, just after World War I, predicts Pearl Harbor. And once you get court-martialed for it, because uh, that's what happens to good intelligence officers and prophets. And then Midway, you know, Leighton, predicts they don't listen and then Roachford breaks the code and Leighton AF it's AF we know it's going to come and they plan and, and Japanese are kicking our ass up, across the Pacific and all of a sudden in an instant everything changes and part of that is that the Japanese scout planes launch but one launches a half an hour uh, late and then I don't know if you know this but then when he finally finds the American fleet he goes to radio and location radio doesn't work divine providence then we come up to June 6th to Normandy um, and the weather is terrible. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden there's a little break. So we got weather cover and then there's a break. Uh, and, you know, that and the uh, flak throws off the paratroopers. 
you know, I'm a paratrooper, St. Mary Glees. We know that story. That's why we got stained glass windows because of our blood drenched sacrifices. Uh, but the but the weather by the flack and the weather throws off so that not except it was going to be seven out of ten every paratroopers KIA or WIA, and it was uh, two out of ten. So um, anybody who studies military history or who who is a real warrior. And you don't have to be tier one. Desmond Doss wasn't airborne and Audie Murphy wasn't a ranger. Doesn't matter what color your hat is. In fact, you know, most of them are wimps or they're dweebs until yeah. they're like, hi, I'm Desmond Doss. I'm yeah. 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 Uh, uh, but they have this faith core that burns them and they can just do the impossible with, with God. But you, so you, it's a combination of those things. And that's really, really important. That's why for real warriorship, you have to become spiritual because you can't do all that other stuff if you aren't. Yeah. Yeah. It, I was going to say, yeah, all of the, the tier one guys, the Delta, the special activities division guys, they're all not just, just spiritual. I mean, it is an overwhelming force when you talk to them. And that's one of the things I love most about them is if I interview with somebody, if I interview somebody with hair down to their ass and talking LSD, nothing wrong with that. But, you know, if we're talking about love and energy and frequency. You kind of expect it. You're like, yeah, this is, of course, this is what we're talking about. But when you're talking to someone like Dale, who's in Delta Force at age 23 and not a bullshit guy, but then he talks to you about like aligning with the frequency of what you desire and like doing what you know is good and like following like the love of God. You're like, what is that? And then you mean, Basel Buzz, the guy I interviewed just the other day, who's friends with Billy Waugh was talking about oh, everything. Really? Oh yeah. You know, wow. he, he, he was naming all these guys and wow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, and it finally dawned on me that there was more to this life than overthrowing small governments. And it was saving children. That was a great line. But he goes into everything that you and I are talking about. He's like, we're, we're here for this purpose. It's not supposed to be easy. And for a long time, the scientific mind or the side of you can reject it. I mean, I'm, I'm a biology major. I got into medical school. I got into pharmacy school. I published research in aquatic toxicology. It's a real science asshole. And for about 10 years, I was an atheist because I couldn't, I couldn't see it in the test tube or a beaker or I couldn't measure it. And I mean, after my brother died and then after interviewing Charlie Duke, youngest man ever walk on the moon in 2020, and he told me the only thing better than walking on the moon was walking with God. And I was like, well, that that's amazing. You finally come to terms that with that you're never going to pinpoint it. You're never going to isolate the molecule. Here it is. Here's the here's the carbon in the height. There's God. That's it's not that. I mean, I'm an avid meditator. And I, I know I'm scrambling all, all around right now, but I'm an avid meditator. I've meditated almost every day since 2008. The deepest, most spiritual uh, mo- moments of my life, not LSD, not psilocybin, but meditation, you, you intuitively know, like when you said the voice, it's not that someone tells you or somebody writes it down. You know, just like right now, I'm looking at Mr. Prather. I don't need somebody to confirm it. I'll go, there he is. Here's the water bottle. You don't need, I don't need someone to say that there is water. There it is. It's, this is where we are. You intuitively know. You just know. I know who I am. I know what I am. You just know. And in those experiences in meditation, 
you do that sounds insane but i mean you do leave space and time it's not this idea of go to the moon and then go to mars and then go to the alpha centauri and then go to andromeda galaxy it, it hits you like a ton of bricks you go oh that's way too far you go of course there's going to be another mode and when you're in that you can feel overwhelming love i mean i've i've felt connected with my brother who i lost to suicide i felt more connected with him in those mind states than any anything else in my life the natural conclusion then is well if i'm experiencing all of this love and lightness the polarity of the universe says there also has to be an opposite and that's what i truly that's what basil Ba said the other day he goes there's once you start rescuing what did he say once you hunt down a pedophile who raped a kid and buried him in the woods no part of you denies that there's evil in this world and not just what i mean what is the 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 verse you know principalities of evil like not of flesh that is what's going on here and i when people kind of roll their eyes like i tell them like as the big biggest science-minded person there is there's really no other conclusion i can come to than like there is evil and there is good just you can't look yeah. at, you can't look at the daytime sun and then reject okay. that there's also so, a night so i say you know i have a lot of little praetherisms to help people and they quote me and they tweet them because i do it and so good is intentional help evil is intentional harm the Aramaic translation of sin is missing the mark. It's an archery term. It's a military marksmanship term. So sin is not evil. Uh, then you can add on to it, you know, um, aliens or angels or, or intelligent non-corporal yeah. energy forms that help. And the and but yeah, there is definitely, and, and that's what this is all about. Uh, and you know, the way it's taught religiously is for big church. Uh, is ridiculous because Yeshua was not a pacifist. Yes, Yeshua said, go buy swords. Uh, Yeshua was executed for political speech and violence with a weapon, uh, you know, overturning tables in the most sacred place. And he was, and he purposefully pissed off both the Romans and uh, the Pharisees simultaneously. Uh, he just, he was doing warfare. He just understood how he was doing it. So that's all very true. And, uh, you know, when I give a speech, I say, you know, if you're having trouble finding God, then just look for God in the reflection of your children uh, and your wife. And so you, this can go back to scripture and they just present it very badly because they want you to worship Catholicism or Protestantism as opposed to not even worship, but connect to God. Because yeah. God doesn't need to know how great he is. You know, some yeah. guys, are, God, you're just so great. Yeah, I think I got yeah, that. Yeah, but, yeah I know. I know. I think we can move forward. Uh, but, you know, when the angel, how I put the angel Gabriel showing up to Mary, here's how I give the angel Gabriel speech to Mary is, hey, Mary, um, Holy Spirit's going to cover you, impregnate you, uh, and then your husband can turn you out. You can be stoned to death um, under the law. You, everybody will stern, stone you and spit on you. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're going to impregnate you. How about that? And her answer is, my soul magnifies the Lord. Okay, I'll, I will open myself to that and see. And then the angel comes to Joseph and says, hey, Joseph, your maiden is knocked up. Everybody's going to laugh behind your back forever, but you can stone her. You can divorce her. Uh, you can crush her head with a con. And I've seen people stoning kids. Uh -huh. you know? uh, and he goes, and that's all, and it's all legal. It's all under the law. You want to do that? He goes, nah, I'll keep her and I'll keep the kid. Well, then you got to flee because they're going to kill everybody. Okay, so we're built for challenge 
I have martial arts kids that I'm hitting with a padded bow and they, they're smiling. They love it. We're built for challenge. We're built for the fight. Uh, we are designed for the fight and we will win the fight in the end, but it's going to take everything we have along with divine providence to win. I also don't think that there's any way out in that. I think that like, if you really wanted to, you could probably like exfiltrate yourself from society and not be part of the Marxist takeover and also not be part of a resistance. Just go live in the middle of nowhere. You probably could. But one thing I really do believe is that you're just going to, you die and you're going to be thrown back into it. You can keep retaking, you can keep dropping. Like I dropped pre-calculus four times in college. I didn't pass (laughs) it. I didn't fail it. Somehow I got into medical school and finally I had to take it. But those four drops, it just didn't exist, except I had to keep going back. And finally, it dawned on me. I was like, it's Groundhog Day. I just got to take the class. Got an A. But finally, I took it. Well, I got a great story for you about All right. So, uh, you know, I am a um, senior master in the Bujinkan Warrior Spirit School under uh, Soke Hatsumi. It's the ninja school, you know. Um, and I've been his student since I went to, I met him in 82, and then I went to Japan in 84, took a hop, uh, and uh, before anybody else got there. And then there were all kinds of SAS guys and stuff showing up. Um, but he, he used to do these called taikas in, the, in different countries. And I hosted a couple in Tucson, but then we also help each other. The senior instructors uh, would help each other. And so um, I was at somebody's taikai, kind of hanging out with these other masters who'd come to see Hatsumi sensei because they're, they're all like whoa uh, and so we went into at a break we went to a back room and the senior guy I think it was the senior judoka in America went to the side room to have tea while sensei took a break and so we get to go in there with him you know and you know uh I think the I forget his name he's a 10th on judo he, I, he wants to like impress because everybody's in awe of sensei and so he goes you know that reminds me of the story where uh the farmer with a little patch held up the hoe against Miyamoto Masashi. Of course, Miyamoto Masashi is uh, wrote Gorin no Show, Book of Five Rings, killed over 60 guys in live sword duels. He's the Kensei, the sword saint of Japan, you know, real, real famous killer uh, and, uh, you know, famous book. He goes, and he, but he held the hoe, hoe so good that uh, Masashi knew he couldn't defeat him. And usually, so I've sat with Sensei when he, you know, with lots of people that come and, all kinds of weirdos come in and guys come in and go, hey, you know, I'm part Martian. And uh, so I've taken the Bujinkan ninjutsu and combined it with Martian. It's called Martian ninjutsu. And he'll go like, okay, very good, very good. He'll keep keep going. And then that guy walks out. He says, uh, you know, he's an idiot. Jackass. But, and he just lets people do it. But in this case, I guess because this guy was senior or sincere, he goes, no, no, that's not right. So we all went, whoop, what's he going to, because this is something coming. Because that's not why he didn't fight him. He goes, Musashi was a great swordsman and a killer, but he had nothing. He had no family. He had no kids. He had nothing to fight for or die for or kill for. This farmer had this little plot of land that he fed his family with. And Musashi realized that he could never defeat somebody like that. And then we all went, oh, (laughs) that was just a little gem. So when you hear me say on my show, American exceptionalism is, is based upon our exceptional love of life and freedom because we love life and freedom so much that we'll go send our sons and daughters out to fight, kill, and die for it. We love life and freedom so much that we'll send our sons and daughters out to foreign soil 
the fight, kill, and die for it. And then D-Day plus 78, we do something no one else has ever done. We give it back. D-Day, Europe, Normandy, we just want enough soil to bury our dead. That is what makes us exceptional. And that's what has made us uh, undefeatable. Yeah. It also is, it's, uh, it's like what Ram Dass said. You know, the, the greatest paradox of my life, he died at like 95, is that when I finally gave up all attempts at seizing power is when I was the most in control of my life. And I think the most beautiful thing and like what I know in my heart is noble is like there is no, not a single person I've ever interviewed on here, B2 spirit pilots, Delta Force snipers, whatever. There's no, we are going to rule the world with the American empire. It is to fight to the death for your freedom to go do whatever you want. It's the most insane paradox that fight for your right to be here and dye your hair pink and say you're a fox. Like that is, that is beautiful. As absurd as like the 99 genders are, there's also something beautiful. Like, yeah, that's how free we are here there's something totally beautiful about that, that all they want is for your ability to do what you want in this life, wherever you want. If I want to live in a city, that's fine. I personally would like to move up to New Hampshire. It's where I was born. That's fine. I don't need any court order. I don't need I don't need to be moved there by the Politburo. It's total hands off. And to me, that's at least in my limited experience and limited wisdom is the beauty of it is is the freedom to do whatever you want. And that is something worth fighting for. That genuinely is something worth fighting for. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Freedom in life. That's Sorry, God, I didn't... God says freedom in life. And I'm wearing my Task Force Pineapple uh, shirt today. You know? <laughs> I was going to ask so, what that was. Yeah. So you know Task Force. That's ex, uh, SF guys and Delta guys going over to get kids out of Afghanistan. Oh, Jesus. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that is what it's all about. And and that is the real warrior's way. Uh, and real power, and something else I see all the time is power is not force. Uh, all power flows from God, um, mm. really. And you have to become a conduit for that to flow through. Uh, and that's real important to understand. And that's from scripture to the lady touches Yeshua's robe and he feels the power go out of him. Uh, to, um, you know, Desmond Doss carrying 75 guys. I mean, we've all done those drills. I can do two or three. I don't know how many I could do after fighting a pitch battle all day. I know he was out of water, you know, and then he just does it, you know, and keeps doing it. Yeah. And, and, and you can hear that story a million times from all kinds of guys who have done stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Basil Baz was saying the other day, how he, he always used to whenever they get out of something you know paramilitary cia paramilitary denied territory no no there's no qrf and he goes something you know we'd survive something absurd and he would go hand of god and all the guys would laugh and he goes by the end of our like you know clandestine title 50 missions they'd all just be looking at each other going yeah hand of god like that's what it was there was no reason why that should not have happened our plane should have blown up a hundred times like yeah, I've, I've had on Joe Teddy before. He was Green Beret and uh, Special Activities Division. And they were, uh, he and another guy were uh, doing something for the agency. And just it just went horribly south. And they were on a, 
uh, what is this, evade and escape, escape and evade for 77 hours. And uh, the guy he was with was a Delta Force guy, former Delta Force guy who had also been in Mogadishu and uh, knew to, how to read situations. And he, and he told Joe, he goes, hey, like, count your bullets, you know, keep one in your pocket. If they catch us, like, they're going to boil us alive. And that's when he said he knew it was real. And then finally, a guy from 160th, who was at that time in Special Activities uh, Division uh, Air Branch, came and rescued them really like kind of movie stuff, like put the butt right up to the, like the edge of like the cliff and they jumped in and he, he showed me pictures of it. And he goes, our, our helicopter is so riddled with bullets, except for the one spot where we had this giant bladder of fuel. And he goes, at a certain point, you just look at it and you go, it's the hand of God. And I don't know, maybe someone listening to this is rolling their eyes and that's your freedom to do so. But that's really the only kind of conclusion I can, who knows? Maybe it's just lazy science. Maybe I'm not looking deeper. Maybe I'm not looking at patterns deeper. No, there's a lot of there, whether it's Geronimo or George Washington or Patton, there's guys who just don't, God's like, Nope, you're not going to get hit. Cause I need you to do this for the rest <laughs> of this time. And uh, I don't know if you had my friend, Chad ball once on bulldog, I've not. Uh, who, you know, you should have him on because I'd love he's, to make a note of that. He, he's the, uh, Green Beret, who was behind enemy lines, and uh, the little uh, goat herd kid walks up, and behind them is the Iraqi armored column, uh, and they're saying, hey, Chaz, uh, Bulldog with his handle is, should I shoot the kid? And they're like, no, if I, we got kids. We're not here to shoot the kids. They oppress the bear. We're here to liberate. We're going to fight this out. And so don't shoot the little girl. It's the same thing in Bravo 2-0. Um, you know, the little girl tells the dad, dad tells the armored column, get in a big fight hold them off and they're calling like, Hey, we're about to run an ammo. And there's a couple of TFs, 160 guys. Uh, well, one, one bird sitting on the ground, like, Hey, we got to go get these guys. We're about at an ammo. And I'm like, well, only one bird need two Cause they're always falling out of the sky. And they're like, well, we're going anyway, court martial us when we get back. And I'm like, well, then since we're just about to kick up, kick off war operations, we'll let you go. We won't want a court martial. Maybe after the war swing in, get them out. Uh, nobody's even hit, but he made the selfless decision. You know, he had already decided I am uh, a godly man. I'm a father. I'm not here. This girl did not volunteer to be killed. We're here to save kids. Um, I volunteered, you know, join the army, go airborne, go Green Beret, go behind enemy lines. You know, she didn't. And so we're going to fight this out. And I'm going to have faith in God and faith in my skill set. And, you know, we're going to win this. And that's, those are really important for your listeners to hear all of these stories, Midway and Normandy and Chad's story, and, and in the community, everybody knows Chad's, by the way, Chad Baldwin's Bulldog, everybody knows. Uh, I think it's 542, I think it's ODA 542, just had the 20th anniversary of it. And we're, we were all like praising to go, that's a team effort, it's typical. Um, but it's important because we're in a bad place now, everybody, but we've been in bad places before, and we can win this. And if we team up together and rely on God and each other and endure, and it's not that there aren't going to be a lot of people killed. There are. It's not going to be that God's not going to wring us out of every ability and skill set and some we don't even know we have. Um, but we will win this. But we've got to uh, be virtuous uh, and be selfless. Uh, and we'll, we'll win this. Or I may not be allowed to win this. I've got guys working with me on Team America like, we won't be here for this, but our kids will be. Um, so that's really important. 
That's why I'm still t- teaching kids, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, another CIA paramilitary guy I've interviewed before is Dr. Keith Rose, who came back after serving and became a physician and now he's a surgeon. Has a podcast called The Scalpel, a total badass guy. But I remember him telling me, you know, it's like, it's noble what you're doing with your podcast, like trying to get the word, you know, interviewing Dr. Malone, McCullough, all these guys, you know, thank you. Don't pat myself on the back. Because just understand that sacrifice is transactional, but it's not always immediate. Some people, they sacrifice, they go and they come back from Europe and they get to see like the, the, you know, the golden age of the 50s and they got to see the, the fr- fruits of their labor. There are some guys where the landing craft, the door dropped and they got a bullet through the head. Their sacrifice was still transactional. It still yielded the the VE and VJ day, but they didn't see it. And I think there's kind of an important thing in there is to remember that. Sacrifice. That's really true because I had uh, Chapman's sister on um, and uh, you know, Chapman is the first medal of honor uh recorded it's recorded on FLIR. i'm sure you oh yeah i've seen oh yeah i've seen that yeah uh and you know he died they kill him twice and he saves everybody twice uh and then doesn't make it um uh, and they don't even want to you know slab is the sixth guy gets the big blue and and then trying to try to kind of stop chapman from getting it um and that heroism just keeps paying dividends because uh, it it also exposed what the admiral in charge of all the SEALs now says is, hey, we got a problem. Uh, and, you know, I've worked with plenty of SEALs and I've known some great SEALs, especially four, because I was 7th SF. And so 7th SF works with four because they're the Latin American. And I know some other ones, you know, Jason Redmond, friend of mine, but the the mentality of, you know, we're SEALs and you're not, is not the way uh, to go because there's ego in there. And you, that's what meditation, that's what Zazen, you're trying to reach Mushin, no mind, so that you can re- receive Zanshin, which is opening up to be able to absorb anything. Um, you know, and I just think that Chapman continued to uh, his amazing sacrifice continued to, uh, reverberate in ripples because most civilians think the seals are the shit and those of us in the community know that the AFSOC are the highest level uh the, the uh, pjs and the ccts and the jtacs their their tubes and their filters are longer than anybody else's and they they go with everybody just like an 18 delta goes with everybody because you got to have medical support um uh, always so all that stuff starts to trickle down and out. Uh, and that's real important. You know, back in my day, we cut the cargo pockets off of our um, blouses and put them on our shoulders. And now they don't have pockets down there so you can tuck them in and the pockets are here. Well, we used to, you know, do that. Uh, and we used to cut A7A, you know, uh, harnesses off and make our belts. Well, now they issue them that way. So it trickles down, it trickles out. And that's real important um, that courage becomes contagious uh, uh, and uh, faith is rebuilding through difficult times. Uh, and that's the other important thing, I guess, is, you know, everybody thinks you can bomb somebody into submission. And besides nuclear war, that doesn't work. That makes things primitive, but it makes people tribal up 
work together harder, it builds resistance. And right now the resistance is building as things get at heart. And so that's, it's actually good news. It's hard to understand it, but it is good news. No, it absolutely is. Um, and we'll wrap this one up in a minute, but, uh, have you ever read or heard of uh, Proof of Heaven by Dr. Evan Alexander? He was a neurosurgeon that fell into like a coma in like 2007 or something. Total atheist guy, Harvard, neuro, literal Harvard brain surgeon, like comically accomplished. And uh, it's a great whole book about how he fell into this, uh, this, this coma from a bacterial infection that like one in 12 million people survive. And he survived, survived with his entire brain intact. But he talks about how it was like the seven most lucid days of his life and how he experienced like heaven, the afterlife, like before his life, like everything. And, um, and then he has another great book called uh, Living in a Mindful Universe that uh, goes into the idea that you chose this life before you were here. You chose it just like you go into the gym. You go, okay, today I'm doing uh, deltoids and trapezius. And when you leave and they hurt, it was, it was intentional. You, well, you went in there. Didn't you? How come my shoulders hurt? Well, they went in because I grabbed the weights and said, today I'm doing these till exhaustion. And that's what you do. And that's what he talks about, kind of what our life is, is we were choosing this. But to his first book, he talks about how he went through these like three layers of like the afterlife. And at the, the final, most like, you know, omnipotent kind of like breathtaking, it's you get it in meditation. Like you said, everything opens up. There is no boundaries. There's no sense. It's just, it's like sphere. We can't even really say spherical because there are no shapes, but it's like spherical consciousness. He says one question was, is like, well, why is there evil? Like if this thing is so perfect and it is, why is there evil? And like the message he downloaded or just knew, like we're talking about, is that in like the grandness of the universe, like 1% of 1% is evil. But you have to have that because that's where the growth comes from. It's hitting it. It's that's where the callus comes from. That's what provides the resistance to, like you said, people tribe up, they take care of each other, communities are reestablished that is where it comes from. You would never have growth otherwise. And I thought that was kind of beautiful. Is that like, cause like you said, it's actually a good thing. People go, what, what do you mean? How is this a good thing? You go, hear me out. It is, it is a good thing. The overwhelming negative, you would never have a 31 year old like me who didn't serve as a biology major, all of a sudden be screaming on his podcast about freedom of speech and like medical autonomy and interviewing Dr. Malone and doctor interviewing you. Like when the hell would I have ever gotten an involved in any of this well it's because i saw a direct threat to it and i was like oh like you have to act you have to act when it's your time to act and um but yeah that's just kind of one final note i wanted to make is the there is goodness and there is a necessity to the evil that's what you that's what you spar with to grow that's how you grow it's gravity you have to have gravity that's what makes well, the impossible we're children born in war. The, 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 the Bible actually begins at the end because it was a scroll. And so now it's linear, but it was a scroll. And it says there was a war in heaven, uh, you know, and uh, the great Satan is thrown out. The dragon is thrown out because there's, there's separation. So when, you, when you're in your Mushin state, there is no separation. There is only an Aramaic. It's called Allah, not Allah, but Allah, which means oneness or unity. And that's the same as the Judea prayer is God is one. Here, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. We're all one. But as soon as you become egotistical and separated, then is when you start having problems and you want to gather power, what I call the battery acid school of power, which is where you torture somebody or whatever, collecting um, power. Uh, but that's the way to look at scripture as opposed to the way it's taught by big church, which is, you know, just, just a, wanting to 
be controlled by them uh, as well. Uh, and the and the the way to look at Genesis is everybody like, oh, Eve, she's the apple, she's the one, she's the problem. Well, no, if you read between the lines, where's Adam when uh, the Nahash, which is not serpent, it's the sizzling one, it's an electric intelligent current in an electric branch, uh, uh, tree of life, not as it's dumbed down in kindergarten, where is Adam? Well, he's probably standing right there doing nothing. And that's what we see today with so many men is they're passive mm -hmm. uh, and they become like another child and they don't do anything. And that's the real first original sin that is inherited. But we are supposed to be challenged. We are supposed to be le leaders. And like, <laughs> I'm all about conflict uh, because I know after conflict comes resolution. But first, there's got to be conflict. You know, if you see Brad Pitt and Fury, he's like, I started killing Nazis in uh, Africa. Now I'm killing Nazis in Germany. This will all be ended. But first, I got to kill some more Nazis. Yeah. Uh, and right now, we are funding Nazis instead of killing them anymore. There are Nazis at January 6th. There's Ukrainian Nazis, and we're all in with Nazis. Uh, we're bringing them across the border. And so there's going to be conflict. But after conflict will be resolution but not before some of them are hanging from lampposts. Fury is a fantastic movie. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. Sorry, you just got me thinking about it. Uh, yeah. Now, like, now, like, what's, what's the line? Um, hey, Angel, this one's yours. How feeders an asshole. <laughs> Sorry, I just had a little moment. Um, but, um, Mr. Prather, let's wrap this one up. I will... Uh, I will put you in touch with uh, Clay Martin. And uh, if you want, I'd love to put you in touch with some other guys. Um, yeah, I love it. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much for coming I, you on. Know, I didn't say I wouldn't come on with Dale or something. I think a long time ago, I just didn't, it was busy or whatever. You know, oh, no, busy. yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. You know, we Absolutely. probably know some, some guy, similar, you know, we'll probably do, you know, like old home week and stuff. And you're happy well, to do it. You all do. Yeah, you all know each other. Oh, no, I know that. I know that. I know you're a busy guy, man. No, I know that. Um yeah, no, you guys all know each other. It's 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 weird. You all know each other. Interview. I was talking to Dale about interviewed a guy Ron Moeller who was Special Activities Division. I was like, yeah, there's this guy named. He's like, oh yeah, I know him. And I was like, of course you do. Of course you all do. So um, I could only imagine my name is on the nexus of many NSA servers, as I am some <laughs> agent who's putting. I am some agent who's he's getting a team together. It's Ed Morales and Vince Sheffaloo and Jeff Prather, and I'm sitting here in like slippers, like no, it's it's all part of God's plan. Like he's too stupid to be he's too stupid to be left alone it's uh yeah they can't know what i'm doing if i don't know what i'm doing so with that mr prather thank you so much sir um yeah all the links to all your good stuff will be in the description i'll put you in touch with uh clay martin right after this i'll make it i made a note of it i'll make sure to go through with it and uh closing thoughts fear not god bless keep the faith and hold fast we are winning we will win this uh, we'll just watch the outpost, see what winning looks like. Remember, freedom is never given. It's earned and taken. Take it. Hell yeah, brother. We will win. Stay safe, everybody. God bless. God bless America. Find God in your heart. Meditate. Go for an exercise. Go look at the sun. It's all beautiful. Life is beautiful. We're going to win this. Fuck these demons. Thank you so much, Mr. Prather.